Welcome to the worldwide broadcast of the Ted and Austin Brower Show, bringing you the latest world news and health research. I hope everyone's having a blessed day, as always. And first thing that I saw this morning, I want to start off with right off the rip. I'm going to get Dad's opinion on this. I was actually excited to see this as we are starting to see some states and judges are becoming very pro-constitutional in the wave of this complete and total scamdemic. Pennsylvania federal judge, he's a federal judge, on Monday now ruled that Pennsylvania Governor Tom Wolf and Secretary of Health Rachel Levine's coronavirus orders to shut down the state, close businesses, and limit gatherings were fully unconstitutional. He goes and say here, he goes, in an emergency, even a vigilant public may let down its guard over its constitutional liberties only to find that liberties once relinquished are hard to recoup and the restrictions may persist long after immediate danger is passed. He basically agreed with the plaintiff's claim that Wolf's business shutdown and stay-at-home orders violated constitutional rights. And he goes on to say in closing at the end of it, it says right here, this is pretty interesting, I thought this was pretty cool, he said, the Constitution cannot accept the concept of a new normal. This is a federal judge, where the basic liberties of the people can be subordinate to open-ended emergency mitigation measures. Rather, the Constitution sets certain lines that may not be crossed, even in an emergency. Actions taken by defendants crossed over those lines, and it is the duty of the court to declare those actions unconstitutional, thus consistent with the reasons set forth above, the court will enter judgment in favor of the plaintiffs. <clears throat> so this is pretty um, pretty big deal, especially Pennsylvania, which in some cases can be pretty liberal, but the fact that this federal judge ruled against the governor and the secretary of health, if you guys know Pennsylvania has been very restrictive, especially midway through, and so you had numerous individuals, including state representatives, that filed suit against the governor and the state, the secretary of health, because they said, this is ridiculous. They said, you're shutting down our businesses, you're taking away our livelihood, you're reducing our freedoms, and for what now? This is this cannot stay open-ended. You cannot just continue to restrict and control everything we do, because it's for our protection, and that's what I've told you guys before, so I'm really proud of of these guys that they went through this and they pushed all the way through and I'm very proud that this federal judge stood his ground and represented the Constitution on this death. Oh, well you know Austin I've learned a long time ago that character is easier to keep than it is to get back to recover it's easier to keep your character to start with and try to recover your character because when people stop start thinking that you don't have character you've done things that are bad it's hard to get it back same thing with freedom. Freedom in a constitutional republic that was given us hundreds of years ago, hundreds of years ago is easier to keep than it is to get back. And see, this judge realizes that. He realizes that we've already been given freedom through our constitution as a republic, and they don't have the right to take it away. And he's standing for the freedom because he realizes that if he allows that freedom to be taken by this governor in Pennsylvania – that it'll be difficult to get it back because once you implement these draconian lockdown measures, which are not constant, I mean, the Constitution doesn't have a thing in there. Oh, by the way, if you guys, you know, all come down with a cold or a flu or a flu virus or whatever, you have some kind of sickness that burns to the population, you have to shut the entire planet down and basically collapse the economy. It doesn't say that. I mean, this thing's ridiculous. 
And this is the problem that we've got now, you know, eight or nine months into this mess. It's not going away. And we've, and we've mentioned it many times on the show that people think that, you know, come November in our election in the United States, this coronavirus is going to magically disappear all over the world. And it's not. The international bankers have gone full, full tilt into this now. They tried to do it in the 30s. You know, there's a really good quote here from the Burning Platform, and it talks about a, a man has to know his limitations. And I'm going to read this to you, just one paragraph of this. You go to the website, read the rest of it, our head health masters. This is what the author says. I used to blame these decisions on stupidity and incompetence, but now I attribute it to the malice of forethought driven by greed, envy, and a sociopathic desire for power and control over others. Those chosen to hold key positions in government, central banking, and in the media are hand-picked and groomed by shadowy billionaire types whose agenda is to reap riches, hijack the financial system, and exercise control over the population. And I will add to that, to bring in a new world order, a one-world government, and a one-world religion. This is who the group is, and this is what they do and what they continue to do. And, and, and you know what's also interesting? There was a really good article that was talking about what was happening as far as the coup against you know, Donald Trump and what's happening with the forever wars, and, and you know, are, and are the forever wars really, really ending? And then, and then, basically, it, it goes into detail and it starts talking about what happened with America, what happened, you know, in 1930. And then also, there's another article that says that thousands of U.S. judges who basically have broken the law have retained their positions of authority, and they're still in power in the government. So we have to ask ourselves, who's running this? Well, back in the 30s, a major thing happened. You had the rise of President Roosevelt, and we started to realize that Roosevelt supposedly ran against the international bankers because by this time people realized that, you know, 20 years earlier when the Federal Reserve Act had happened, that the bankers had taken control of the, the, of, the, of, the, of the economies. And here's what Roosevelt said. He said, in his inaugural address, the FDR said this. Remember, he was a banker cutout. He was put into positions of power. So he was being put in here to tell you information bad about the bankers to get elected. This, practices, this is a quote. Practices of the unscrupulous money changers stand indicted in the court of public opinion, rejected by the hearts and the minds of men. True, they have tried, but their efforts have been cast in a pattern of outworn tradition. Faced by failure of credit, they have proposed only the lending of more money. Stripped of the lure of profit by which to induce our people to follow their false leadership, they've resorted to extortions, pleading tearfully for restored confidence. They know only the rules of generation of self-seekers. They have no vision, and when there's no vision, the people perish. The money changers have fled from their hive seats in the temple of our civilization. We may now restore that temple to the ancient truths. The measure of the restoration lies in the extent to which we apply social values more noble than the monetary profit. Now, he's talking about communism here, guys. Now, he's talking about bringing in a communist government, but he's also going against the money changers who contracted the M1 money supply, who basically caused the collapse of the economy in 1929. And so we need to understand what in the world that was happening here. Okay, let me explain this to you again. You guys are so smart, I know you already know this. Hitler was put into power by the Rothschild banking cartel. Hitler 
brought in a fascist economy in Germany and basically helped them recover very, very quickly from the Great Depression. The government took over industry, started working with industry, and it's just a prelude to communism is what this is. And so Hitler basically had the fascist Germany basically on its feet financially. Well, then Hitler in 38, 39 came in and got rid of the Federal Reserve Bank. He finally saw the light, realized he couldn't do it on borrowed money, and basically started printing debt-free currency. Now, when he did this, they did everything they could to take him out of power and destroy Germany. But what we have to understand here, in 1933, the bankers were still pushing a fascist government in the United States. Now, the same bankers that put Hitler in, the same bankers that put the communist Roosevelt in, were playing both sides against the middle, just like Otto Kahn says that they do, and they did, and they did you know, in 1923. Now, they brought a guy in by the name of Smedley Butler, and Smedley Butler was supposed to come in and do a coup of the federal government to install a fascist dictatorship in the United States and get rid of Roosevelt, who was an anathema to the American people because he's a communist. Just be frank with you guys. And they didn't know what to do because the economy had so collapsed in 29 because of the contraction of the M1 money supply. Four years later, they were going to do what they needed to do in order to put a communist dictator in with Roosevelt, who stayed, who stayed in office for, oh, I think it was four terms until he finally died in office. But the whole thing is this. They've tried to bring Butler in. Now, here's what they did. They were going to overthrow the government. I'm going to read you this. This is from Zero Hedge. Over the course of the next several months, Butler, Smedley Butler, the most decorated veteran in American history, won multiple Medal of Honor awards. Smedley, General Smedley Butler discovered that the Americans' financial elite centered around Rothschild cut out Morgan Jr., Rothschild cut out the Harrimans, Rothschild cut out the Mellons, Rothschild cut out the Warburgs, Rothschild cut out the Rockefellers and DuPonts were at the heart of the plot to install a fascist dictatorship, just like they had done in Germany with Hitler. These men used their agents, such as General McGuire, Gerald McGuire, a Rothschild Morgan-affiliated bond salesman, Democratic Party controllers John W. Davis and Thomas Lamont, both occupying directorships in the House of Morgan, Robert Sterling Clark, heir to the Singer Sewing Fortune, Grayson Prevost Murphy and the Harriman Family Investment Maker. Listen to this. Prescott Bush. I'm going to repeat this. And the Harriman, who did all the railroads in the United States with Rothschild money, investment banker Prescott Bush. All of these characters had become well-known investors in European fascism in Hitler's Germany and owned the biggest media platforms, including Fortune and Time magazine, both of which promoted Mussolini extensively for years and controlled the levers of industry to the point that Time Magazine made Adolf Hitler Man of the Year. We need to understand who these clowns are and how they basically were working both sides against the middle to get their own agenda passed. This is exactly 10 years earlier what Otto Kahn had said. They used basically communism and basically you know, you know, you know, capitalism as the anchor and the push and the break to control what they want. And here they throw fascism into the middle of it. Prescott Bush, the father of George H. Bush, the grandfather of George W. Bush, was a Nazi fascist. Just got to tell you who he was. And this is the same group now that has worked with the Rothschild banking cartels, and I just gave you all of their names for the past seven 
70, 80, almost 100 years now to try to force us into a one-world Rothschild international bankers dictatorship, one-world government. And this is the mess that's been going on now for the past 107 years since we put the Federal Reserve System in and put in the income tax. The same group of players have been doing this, different names, different generations, but it's always the international bankers, it's always the Savitan Zivi Kabbalists, it's always the Druids, it's always the Kabbalists. These are the these guys are the tip of the spear. It's all they they did World War Two to force the Jews in Europe, one of the primary reasons, into Palestine. They did the Balfour Declaration to force the United States into World War One. It's all about rebuilding their third temple because these guys are Luciferians. Just like now it's been shown that Black Lives Matter is being run by Satanists and witches. It's the same group. It's always the same people doing the same thing, trying to bring us into a new world order under Lucifer where they can control the very thoughts, the hearts, and the minds of the population. And this is why I so respect that judge in Pennsylvania. He says, no, this stuff is unconstitutional. We can't allow this to happen. The problem with these guys are is our pesky constitution keeps getting in the way, especially with the hundreds of millions of weapons we have in the United States. And there are enough of us still alive because we haven't been programmed, because we're old school, we were born in the 50s and the 60s and the 70s, some of us in the 80s, like Austin, that we're sitting back and we're going, no, we don't think we're going to allow you to do this to us. And that's why the social media has become a double-edged sword for these international cartels, because suddenly they realize that, hey, we can control the masses and spy on them, but they also have the new Gutenberg Press, which allows them to get out and get the message. Last night I watched a movie. Uh, you know, it was an interesting movie. It was about a man who basically was at the middle of a coup uh, that was being done by an international banking cartel to try to take over the weapons distribution in the Middle East. And finally, at the end of the movie, the guy says, it doesn't make any difference. If you kill the head guy here at the bank, somebody else will take over because the CIA, Mossad, MI6 – and the governments of the world are involved in supporting this bank through organized crime, and it doesn't make one bit of difference. They have to have a place to launder their money. And even if you get these guys exposed and you get the president of the bank taken out, it's an international bank, it won't make one bit of difference. Somebody else will take the spot or another international bank will fill the void. You won't stop the process of greed. And what we've learned is this. They said this in the movie. It's not about the weapons sales. It's not about the death and destruction or the war. It's about causing the country that is buying the weapons to become indebted to the banks so the banks can control their governments. It said this in the movie. I thought it was an interesting movie. I watched the whole thing last night. Austin, what do you think, buddy? What's your next story? It's always about the debt. The debt is how they control the people. The debt's how they control the countries. The debt's how they control and exactly. buy up vast amounts of the resources, the assets, the equipment, the roadways, the machines, the buildings, the infrastructure. The debt's how they do it all. This has been a key instrumental tool in buying up huge swaths of South America. China's done this significantly. The Federal Reserve in the United States has done this significantly. Um, this is what they do. I mean, look what we've done to Venezuela now. You know, I've got a good friend of mine that came out of Venezuela right when everything started to come very, get very, very bad. And, you know, he got over to the United States finally, got his green card. Now he's got everything here, and he ended up getting married. He's doing great. 
And he told me, he said, what was crazy is he said, Chavez started getting these huge loans from the central banks, huge loans. This is, this is way back, you know, like 20, 30 years ago, no, probably 30 years ago. And he said Chavez started getting these huge loans. So he became this great, great ruler because he started giving everybody free money. He said everybody was getting, you know, like $8,000, $900,000, $1,200 a month, just, just free money. Just, hey, man, here's a check. Here's a, here's a debit card. Do whatever you want. Here's free money. And he said the, the money was coming in so fast and people were getting so much money and the value of the dollar was so strong in Venezuela that people were actually flying from Venezuela on vacation, going to the United States, going to all these high-end shopping malls, Louis Vuitton, Gucci, Chanel, list goes on the line, buying up all this stuff and coming back to Venezuela and just enjoying it. People were like, man, this is, you know, we're, we're balling out down here. Some people were giving thousands of dollars a month. It slowly the money started to decrease slowly 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 so all of a sudden you know, as you wake up you get like a hundred dollars a month you know you get one stipend one time a month hundred bucks everybody goes well, where's all the money the loans are running out all of a sudden all the free money disappeared and all of a sudden those loans started coming due this has been happening in countries repeatedly all over the world this is how the banks do it the same thing they did to zimbabwe people talk about zimbabwe hyperinflation probably the, the pinnacle of what hyperinflation could ever be where they're actually having to print trillion-dollar bills. Trillion-dollar bills. Hyperinflation was happening so rapidly. And you can see them online if you ever look at them. They're, they're very bizarre to see. And they have so many zeros on them. And they're coming in, you know, stacks. So, oh, you know, I've got a whole rack of billion-dollar bills right here. I need to buy a loaf of bread. And this is, this is what the central banks are incredibly effective at doing is money manipulation through debt. They don't ever actually print the entire amount of the money. They never print the debt. So you loan somebody a billion dollars to get basically going in a country to build up infrastructure. All of a sudden that loan comes due with interest. All of a sudden that billion dollars plus interest comes due. The money's not there. The interest is never printed. Even if you took all the money, every single penny, down to the little copper penny out of circulation, you still could not repay the debt, so you default. Or you do what almost every country does, is they take out another loan. This is what the Fed's done repeatedly. Okay, we need more infrastructure. Okay, listen, 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 listen. We understand that billion dollars helped you out. We're really happy to help you out. We know times are tight right now. You need to pledge X amount of assets. You need to give us this swath of land. You need to give us this roadway, and we'll help you build it. We'll help you build it. We'll give you the money to build the infrastructure, the interstate, the highway. We'll give you the money for it. We'll just sign another loan. Uh, I signed another loan. Yeah, sign another loan, man. We'll help you out with signing a loan. Okay, here. Here's here's $5 billion now. Okay, cool. No, a year later, $5 billion is gone. Infrastructure's not finished. Uh, loans do, bud. You got to start making payments on this. Man, I'm not done. I don't have the infrastructure. I need more money so I can get the infrastructure so I can create more jobs. Okay, fine, fine, fine. Listen, we'll give you another $10 billion now. $10 billion. That's a lot of money. $10 billion. Don't spend it all in one place. Sign the loan. We'll give you the money. You keep building the infrastructure. And this is what they do. Till the point in time where they own all the infrastructure. They literally own the entire country. This is what the central banks have done. This is exactly what they did with the United States. They did this with the United States, and now they've continued to tax the populace unjustly and unconstitutionally via compromised Congress through the IRS after 1913. Remember, always remember, the IRS was a flat 1% fee. Internal Revenue Service, the income tax, so to speak, is what they call it back then. It was 1%. 1%. 1 across the board is what you paid in income tax. And it's funny because people talk all the time. They go, oh, you know, we pay taxes, so we have roadways. You know, we pay taxes, so we have infrastructure. 
Have you ever seen any photos of New York City at the beginning of 1900? You ever seen any photos? You ever seen any photos of major cities in 1900 before 1913 before Federal Reserve? Newsflash, they had roads. Newsflash, they had buildings. <laughs> people act like, you know, pre-1913, before we start getting taxed unjustly, that we literally lived in, like, a swamp and mud huts, and we had no ability to build any type of infrastructure whatsoever. We all basically, you know, walked around in the middle of the mud and rode horses and slept in, you know, poop houses. We had the ability to build infrastructure. Remember, the government doesn't build anything. Understand that. They take money from a working populace, from an economy. They take that money and they allocate it in another direction. The same thing could be done with the private sector. If you had a state, for example, Florida come in, and Florida goes, listen, we want to all come together. Our state representatives, our local representatives, we say, hey, listen, we're going to vote on it. We want to do an interstate highway from the east of Florida to the west of Florida. We're going to call it Interstate 4. This is the way it could be done. And you say, listen, we're going to vote on it. Everybody in this area, in this whole state, wants to vote on it. We have X amount of voting on it. We're going to allot this much money per every single person. We're going to build the highway. And by quite frankly, the populace in Florida would be so, you know, it's so large, you'd be able to build infrastructure for a very reasonable price, considerable what it would cost. But people go, oh, oh you can't do that. Then people would actually have to, you know, pay money for this. Do you realize how many taxes we pay? Road tax, gas tax, fuel tax, every single thing you buy, sell, even look at or breathe half the time is taxed. You just don't realize you're paying for it unless you actually break it down. This is what happens in an out-of-control, banker-controlled government. They continue to push more debt on the people, more debt, more debt, more debt. This is why credit card debt's at an all-time high. That's why mortgages are back again at an all-time high. That's why student loans are at an all-time high. These are all forms of debt, which are all forms of indentured servitude. This is why they made it back in the 90s. You are not allowed to bankrupt student loans anymore because they knew student loans would be the most effective instrument to control the younger up-and-coming populace. Because if you're a married couple, newly married couple, for example, and you're making a fifty, sixty thousand dollar a year combined income, which that's pretty average for an early newlywed couple, and you all of a sudden are paying for a mortgage. I told you guys yesterday, I said sixty thousand dollars a year. You cough up a mortgage, two vehicle loans, insurance, cell phone, utilities, cable, and all of a sudden now you have to throw in another four, five, six, seven, eight hundred dollars a month in student loans, depending on where you went to school, you have virtually zero discretionary income, much less to save anything, much less for an emergency. I told you guys the other day, I said, on average, with no savings, with no significant debt, just a mortgage, two car loans, insurance, health insurance, you know, basically cell phone utilities, $60,000 a year couple right now in current living conditions, they would give you about $500 a month discretionary income. Either put in savings, whatever, invest $6,000 a year. What happens when that $6,000 a year gets sucked up with student loans? Hence the problem that we see today and exactly where we are. And then you start seeing what happened this year with COVID. And then it took it for a turn for the worst to allow the government to come in in some of these states and say, you can't work. You do not have the right to work. You are not an essential human being. You have to sit in your home, crawl under the covers, cry, and pretend you are being okay and we're protecting you by doing so. It's a complete and total lie from the pit of hell. And we knew it was. That's why we told everybody, even from the beginning, I said, listen, to use wisdom, use good sense.
sanitation habits, by all means, but take vitamin C and D3. Live your life. We never missed a lick down here at Health Masters. I was building a house in the middle of COVID. I had to deal with subcontractors and workers and crews and everything else. Then I started dealing with product and you know, shortages. I was right in the middle of it. You know what was funny? I realized real quick, nobody really cared as much about COVID as they cared about as much as losing their livelihood and not being able to pay for their bills and feed their family. That was the larger concern over everything. Not, oh, there's a virus that's floating around that may get you, it may grab you, you need to wear a mask, you need to stay away from everybody. It's interesting that the occultic rituals with satanic rituals includes wearing masks, standing six feet apart, going in and basically having all these different little things you have to do all the time, washing your hands repeatedly when you're doing these ritual sacrifices. All these things have been implemented in our entire country right now, and we don't even realize they happen half the time. Everybody, you stay six feet apart. Guys, what? Why? I told you this from the very beginning. I called this out from the very beginning. I said, why five? Why not five feet? Why not seven feet? Why not ten feet? What magical number came up with six? It's not magical. It's Luciferian. There's so much occultic realm based in six, including the mark of the beast. We knew that from the beginning. That's why I called it out. And then you have countries like, you know, Australia that are becoming so insane. The Victorian government this week now just came out an article yesterday from the Hill, or excuse me, the Age, which is in basically Australia. They came out now and said the Victorian government is debating on a new bill in the state of Parliament this week, which will hand authorities the power to forcibly detain conspiracy theorists and people suspected to likely spread coronavirus, such as anti-lockdown protesters and any of their contacts. This is full-blown China right here in Australia. I don't even know what's going on and how in the world this is being pushed through and people are actually okay with this. If passed, the emergency measures bill will allow the state to detain anyone they suspect of being high risk or even likely to spread COVID-19. Guys, we're not talking about positive cases here anymore. We're not talking about deaths anymore. We're talking about the government in Australia having the full-blown authoritarian right to come in and detain you because they think you may be likely spreading COVID without even a positive test. Kid you not, there are no, I looked at part of this bill, there are no measures in this, what they're voting on, as far as you have to be positive, you have to be symptomatic, nothing. Nothing at all. All you have to be is a risk at spreading it because you're not complying with lockdown measures. That's it. And what's crazy here, if you look up what they're talking about, they did the same thing in Australia that they're wanting to do here in the United States with the phases. Phase one, phase two, phase three. You know what the final phase is? They said the final phase, if everything lines up perfectly through phase one, phase two, phase three, which they'll make sure it doesn't, but even if it does, the final phase will come in effect on November 23rd if all state records have no new cases of COVID for 14 days. Remember I told you guys that the other day. I said they give these goalposts and they move them out and they move them out and they move them out and they give you these obscene goals for the populace to try to get all. Okay, if we just comply for another three months now, September, October, November, by the end of November, if everything goes good and we comply and we have no new cases for 14 days, which is literally going to be impossible because you know why? The flu's going to start popping up. Guess when the flu starts popping up? Oh, guess what, guys? We're not sure if this is COVID or flu. We have to treat it as both. We're going to go ahead and start quarantining people again. We need further lockdown. 
it's so simple and it's so basic, yet so many people are falling for it. And now people in Australia are being arrested and detained for having anti-lockdown protests. And now they want to set up a bill to be able to arrest you if you're a COVID conspiracy theorist or if you're likely to spread it and quarantine you in a closed quarantine area until they deem fit for you to leave. That's what they say in this thing here. This is what's happening, guys. Wake up and see what's going on and stand your ground on this and speak your mind every time you get a chance because this is not stopping and this is not slowing down. The longer that people are brainwashed and the longer that people comply and the longer that people listen to Fauci, who's full-blown deep state swamp rat 100%, been involved in this all the way back to the early 80s, this is what's happening and you have to stand up and speak your mind for this right now or else we're not going to have the ability to stand up and speak our mind just like they're starting to experience in Australia right now, Dan. You know, Austin, it's funny you call him a deep state swamp rat. I mean, I just, because, I mean, we've got these giant rats here in Florida and when I was a young kid, I basically, uh, we lived on a canal between two lakes and it was interesting because the canal was very long and it was very, very deep. It's like 15, 20 feet down to the bottom of it. And, you know, the water wasn't that deep. It was about, you know, a foot deep in the bottom. But they had dug it out for drainage from one lake that was spring-fed to another lake. And it, it was funny to me because I remember one time we had this, this cabinet above in the kitchen. And we had an open foundation house. Basically, it was an older home built, I think, in 1915 or 1917. And the rats would crawl up in the walls every once in a while from this canal. And I remember one time, you know, we opened this cabin up to get our Christmas decorations out. I'm a little kid. I'm about 10 years old, 9 years old. And this giant swamp rat dives out over our heads into the kitchen. I kid you not. And, you know, the whole house is scrambling because, you know, you know these have rabies. You don't know what they have in them, you know. So we finally got it out of the house. And I thought to myself, that was really unbelievably bad. And so when I see Fauci, coming out like he does. I see this giant swamp rat flying over our heads when we're kids. And I'm thinking to myself, my gosh, we got to get rid of these things. We got to get the dog on, you know, some kind of vermin control going. See, and that's the thing that we in America have to do. You know, Donald Trump said he was going to clean out the swamp. Well, he didn't. He put more CFR members in his cabinet into his administration than any other president, even Barack Obama or George Bush did. Council on Foreign Relations is something that's an offshoot from the League of Nations from 1920. When the League of Nations failed, they created the Council on Foreign Relations, which is a group of globalists that are committed to a one-world government and a new world order. Under the international bankers, they believe that the financial elite are so smart and that the upper crust of society that I call the parasitic crust are so smart that they need making all the decisions for the world and ruling the planet. These are the Luciferians. This is the group that runs the planet. They, they believe this. And so what have they done to us in the United States for our health? What have they done as far as all of the mess they've pushed with all the pornography and all the other garbage they've pushed on everybody? Well, here's one of the things. Here's an article up from the National Enquirer. It says, chlamydia and gonorrhea have increased among younger women, study finds. Wow, that's, that's just one of the side effects of being part of this economy and world that we're in. The rates of chlamydia and gonorrhea are interesting among, are increasing among women ages 18 to 30 in the U.S., a research study by Quest Diagnostics suggests. The study recently published in the American Journal of Preventive Medicine analyzed more than 17 million laboratory samples taken between 2010 and 2017 from females ages 12, 12 now, 
because they start having sex really young. Now in California, they want to make it legal at eight, from 12 to 30. Researchers found that while there were declining cases of chlamydia and gonorrhea among the adolescents, ages 12 to 17, imagine that, the 12-year-olds have less now. Women from the ages of 25 to 30 are experiencing a 50% increase in positive test results. 50%. Women 18 to 24 have a 21% increase. So why is that happening? Well, it's happening because of promiscuity. It's ha happening because, you know, sex now has become a thing in the United States, which is no longer between a married couple or a couple that's going steady and planning on getting married. It's just become routine, and people just have it for the sake of having it. They don't even realize how intimate it is and how when you do this kind of stuff and you do it on a regular basis that you're going to massively increase your risks of chlamydia and gonorrhea, which can sterilize women. Oh, but isn't that the point? Isn't that the point with eugenics? You're going to have these masses of people coming down with chlamydia and gonorrhea in their 20s who no longer can have children. And this is the problem that we see. I've known so many people who basically were promiscuous when they were younger. They ended up with chlamydia can never have children, then they become Christians, but they still can't have children. So they get on the adoption list, or they basically try to use a surrogate. So all of these things have consequences. I always talk to my kids about this all of the time. You can do anything you want to do, and you can, but you're going to have to deal with the consequences. And so this is the problem that we have right now. That back back in the 19 early 1900s, it was you know it was syphilis. You know, I told you that Woodrow Wilson had syphilis. And all of these things that we have in the United States and all of these diseases, you know, aren't getting any better. They tell us, they say, you need to start drinking red wine every day because red wine is going to make you really, really healthy, keep your heart in great shape. Well, here's another article just came out. I talked about, you know, alcohol and cancer a few weeks ago. I'm talking about alcohol in your brain. A new study finds that even moderate drinking is damaging. It's a well-known fact that drinking too much alcohol can have a serious impact on your health, including damaging your liver. But how much is too much? For conditions such as liver cirrhosis, that's usually more than 21 units of alcohol a week, or like 21 beers a week, around two bottles of wine a week, or one and a half pints of beer a day. The UK medical chief officer recommends that adults don't drink more than 14 units of alcohol a week to keep the risk of health problems down. However, the liver isn't the only problem. The brain can be damaged too. And now it's showing that you could have brain damage with much less than a drink every single day. Just like just a drink every single day can massively increase the risks of obesity and frontal lobe damage of the brain. Guys, I'm going to say this again. I have known so many people who have drunk a lot of alcohol. When they got older, they memories, many of them, just went to, went to put the pot. They couldn't remember anything anymore. They couldn't remember their childhood. They couldn't remember my brother. You know, I talked to him about what happens, you know, when we were kids, and he basically doesn't even remember it anymore because, you know, he turned into an alcoholic. He didn't remember half the stuff that we did when we were kids, and he was older than me, and he still doesn't remember anything. And it's sad to me that that's happened. And I had another friend of mine. His name was Howard, good friend of mine. He's like my surrogate dad. When he got older because he had drunk so much alcohol, he couldn't remember anything. And so you think, well, why don't you remember? Well, it helps. It massively increases the risks of brain damage when you do this. And, you know, and, 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 you know, and, and Michael Schneider came out with, a, with an interesting article. He goes, how do you compare 1950 to 1970? And, and, you know, I'm going to read you a couple of these little quotes. Because a lot of people said, would, could, would you go back to 1950? Would you go ahead and do it? Well, you know, it was interesting. Back in 1955 when I was born, I started remembering as a young child. I mean, it was pretty good times. In 1950, Texaco Star Theater, The Lone Ranger and Hopalong Cassidy were some of the most popular shows that America watches on television. You know, in 2020, Netflix film entitled Cuties is so trashy, it's so disgusting that four states 
has sent a letter to Netflix and people are getting rid of their Netflix prescriptions because it's promoting child porn. In 1950, television networks were not even allowed to show husbands and wives in bed together. In, in 2020, adult websites get more traffic than Netflix, Amazon, and Twitter combined. In 1950, people would greet one another as they walked down the street. And in 2020, Americans are too enamored with their cell phones to be bothered with actual human contact. You know, in 1950, gum chewing, oh boy, that's a big deal back in school, and talking in class were some of the major disciplinary problems in our schools. I mean, I remember, I remember being taken out into the hallway, imagine this, by my teachers back in elementary school and junior high school and all the way up to high school and having my butt lit up with a doggone paddle because I was talking in class. They were the major disciplinary. But now we have people bringing guns to school, getting beaten up in the hallways, getting knifed in the hallways, being raped in the hallways. It's not gum chewing and talking in class anymore. In 2020, kids are literally gunning down police officers in the streets. In 1950, people make an effort to dress up and look nice when they went to go out in the public. In 2020, most of the people become utter slobs of the people of Walmart. They become one of the most popular memes. In 1950, the typical American woman got married for the first time at the age of 20, and the man got married for the first time at 22. 2020, the typical woman gets married for the first time at 27, and the man at 29. In 1950, a lot of people would leave their homes and their vehicles unlocked because crime rates were so low. In 2020, many of us live in urban areas who are deathly afraid of civil unrest that has erupted, and gun sales have soared to all-time highs, and they bolt themselves in their homes at night and during the day so they can't leave because they're scared to go outside. In night. 1950, Americans usually attempted and actually tried to raise their children. In 2020, we pump our kids full of mind-altering drugs like Ritalin and Adderall, and we let our televisions and our video games and the social communist indoctrination centers of the schools raise our children. In 1950, Baltimore is one of the most beautiful and most prosperous cities on the entire planet, but in 2020, Baltimore regularly makes headlines because of all the murders that are constantly occurring. And, of course, the exact same thing can be said about many of the other major cities that are democratically controlled because it's communist-controlled. So we have to ask ourselves, why is all of this happening? Why are we being given all of this stuff to destroy the hearts, the minds, the souls, and the bodies, the spirits of the people in the United States? Well, it's being done to us, again, through the international banking cartels, through the boys and girls who took down Building 7, who brought in all of these folks from other countries, all of these communists, over millions of them over the last hundred years into the United States, bringing them in through the Frankfurt School. Hundreds of thousands, if not millions of professors and teachers were brought in and basically credentialed and put into our educational systems. All of this done was done on purpose. And now they're using the COVID for a psychological stress to break you know, break you Basically, so you don't, you're not going to be resistant to vaccines. I mean, this, this is what's going on right now. They're trying to make it so miserable for you that when they say, once we get the vaccine, we'll stop the shutdown and we'll make things go back to normal again. That's a lie. They're never going to do that. So they're creating all of the psychological stress. I mean, you know, I'm going out in the public now and I'm still not wearing a mask and I'm telling people they don't work. If you have COVID, you need to be at home. And if you were, if you did have a cold or if you did have COVID, then you need to be wearing a mask. But healthy people don't need to be doing this. But now they're assuming that everybody out there has COVID and that everybody's infected. That's why they want you to wear the mask because people are testing positive for this disease. So they're showing no symptoms because they had a cold once in their life. See, this whole thing is just a psychological Experiment is all it is. It's being coldly and calculatedly applied to the entire world population 
as many nations enter into their sixth and seventh month of coronavirus lockdown and restrictions. Operation Coronavirus is first and foremost a psychological operation. It's a psyop. It's about fooling you with the stories of a killer virus by exploiting the widely held but incomplete concept of germ theory. It's about tricking you into thinking that there are enemies out there, even tiny invisible enemies, little tiny coronavirus molecules that run around with an AK-47 that want to shoot you and kill you while you sleep. That's what they want you to believe. Tiny little invisible enemies whose existence have never yet been proven against which you need protection. Kindly provided to you by big pharma and big government. It's about conditioning you into accepting the horrific reality of the current society masks, social distancing, social isolation, satanic rituals, yeah, as part of that, quarantines, lockdowns, deep fear, plus the violations of an unalienable sovereign inherent human right as the new normal. It's about cracking you with COVID psychological stress until you break down, defeated, and you acquiesce to the planned solution all along of surveillance and vaccines so they can chip you and track you for the rest of your life. Because the cattle, the sheep, the slaves, the peasants like to run free. And we can't keep track of the peasants. They move around too much. So we've got to chip you because you're a slave. You've been signed on to the debt of the United States. And we're losing control of the slave population. And we need to know where you are at all times. Uh, in a desperate attempt to return to normal, healthy, and a free life of unconstrained social interaction, we're allowing them to do this to us. And we're allowing ourselves to be basically made slaves. And we're actually assuming the peasant class upon ourselves. Though we watch these major leaders like Fauci go to ball games and not wear masks, we're told we have to wear masks. <laughs> in recent months, many free and powerful voices have pointed out that the draconian restrictions resulting in basically a COVID psychological stress are in fact akin to a torture method refined by organizations and agencies such as the CIA through working through MK Ultra, working with basically Tavistock Institute, and changing the hearts and the minds and the brain patterns of the population. All of these lockdown policies, social distancing, quarantine, mandatory mask wearing, isolation, fear of contagion, fear of everyone being suspected asymptomatic character, carrier, being un unable to visit elderly family members in person and more, are forms of torture. Guys, this is what they're doing to us. They're locking us up with Stockholm Syndrome. They're basically forcing us to accept our captors' beliefs and love our captors and love our masks. All of this stuff is steeped in torture and what they learned through MK Ultra. And I'm posting part of this that I've, I've this is from the Freedom articles on the COVID psychological stress on our website so you can read through it. Guys, it's so important that we understand that we're not alone. The Ted and Austin Brower Show, we have brought you together. You guys are our family. We're all, we're all part of this. Now, we may be the only one of the only dozen or so shows out there that are actually telling the truth about all of it and tying it all together. But, guys, at least we know what's going on, and at least we can stop it. Because once you know what they're doing and you see what they're doing and you see the plot unfolding in front of you, you can just say, no, I'm not going to believe this. When you see them on TV lying to you, lying to you on their commercials, lying to you on their news reports, lying to you with Drudge, who's had a 40% drop, by the way, and people reading his website because it's turned into a communist socialist indoctrination website. That's all it is. Remember, Drudge is a gay Jew. 
He's gay. He's a Jew. He, he basically is owned by the Rothschild banking cartel. They are the ones who put him in the power and gave him the bandwidth and the direction and the guidance back when Bill Hillary Clinton and Monica Lewinsky were basically doing their thing. That's how Drudge got famous. He was basically a psychop that was used. And now he's full-blown <laughs> New World Order. I mean, you look at his, look at his whole, his whole site's turned into a giant site of fear porn. And why? Because that's what the bankers want, because it's part of the COVID psychological stress operation. Guys, don't believe all this stuff. Remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. This is the day the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. You know, God is still on the throne and none of this stuff is taking him by surprise. Remember that. And you're in covenant with God Almighty through Christ. And with Christ, all things are possible because you plus God has always been a majority. It doesn't matter who stands against you. The will of majority, the will of the majority does not overwhelm the will of God. It can't because he's God. Always remember, stay focused on Christ. Stay focused on God. Stay focused on prayer. I got to pray for you guys again today. It's all part of this big plan to bring us into the satanic. Remember, the Satan group. Everything's fear. They torture people. It's fear. They scare people. It's fear. I get so fed up with all of these doggone alternative websites. It's just fear porn, fear porn, fear porn, fear porn. Big clickbait, clickbait. Yeah, that's what they're doing. And people don't want to hear it anymore. You know, go to our news site, Healthmasters website, and has the news section on there. Read through all this. If I'm not going to tell you there's going to be a, you know, we're going to have a, you know, an asteroid crash into the earth and kill everybody next week. And tell you that stuff. It's all nonsense. It's when you see stuff like that post, and then you get the same websites. They're posting all of this stuff talking about gematria, and and you know, and 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 basically Kabbalah. And they're promoting this stuff, and you're like, don't you read your own articles before you post them? I mean, what the heck? Why do you put this stuff on the website, guys? Don't frequent those websites when they do stuff like that. Just stay away from them. Stop the clickbait. Just don't go there. You go to our news site. Use our stuff. Okay, Austin, what do you think, buddy? What's your next story? No, that, no, that's well said. I mean, there. why are we not discussing more on what the who's involved or what the CDC's involved with or what they're trying to do as far as with a communist overthrow? All these people that are talking about it, and, and I get it. I get it. They're trying to make money. They're trying to basically sell fear porn. I get it. I understand it from a marketing standpoint. I don't agree with it. But the whole, there's an asteroid, there's a meteor coming, and it's going to hit the Earth, and we got to do another conference on it. You need to pay us money so you can find out about this new meteor that's going to hit Earth. You know, we've been hearing about this thing for 10, 15 years now. I mean, even back when I was a kid, I still remember hearing about this. And the aspect of it is this. If a meteor hits Earth, and that's something that was basically in the cards, and meteor's going to hit Earth. Because, I mean, at that point in time, this is something that's uncontrollable on any of our ends. We can't do anything about that. If a meteor the size of Earth decides to hit Earth and wipes out all living elements on Earth, guess what? We're not going to know anything about it. <laughs> We're going to be basically in heaven at that point. So the whole context of people getting all rattled up about this and paying all this money to find out about more meteors and asteroids or whatever's going to hit Earth is really irritating to me from a Christian alternative media standpoint. Is something happening out there in space? I'm sure there is all the time. You know, literally, if something's coming into Earth and God doesn't want it to come to Earth, he literally, all he has to do is speak, and it's gone, and it moves, 
and it goes around us. You know, I mean, newsflash, he did build everything around us. He did speak everything into existence. <laughs> I mean, hello, we don't have to sit here and sit in fear and curl up in the closet and be like, there's an asteroid coming next week. It's going to wipe out everything. I remember years ago, years ago, there was a, uh, this is probably back, what was this, 2011, 2012. And Lan and I were going down to South Florida. This is before we had kids. And uh, we ended up getting a phone call. Dad got a phone call. I got a phone call from an individual that we know that, you know, he's retired military. And he comes, he calls me. I'm like, oh, man, listen, guys, you got to, you got to, you need to stay at home. You need to get up to the mountains. You need something. You need shelter in place. There's a meteor that's going to land off the east coast of Florida this weekend. It's going to bring a tidal wave that's 150 feet high hitting your coast, and it's going to wipe out the entire state of Florida. It's going to go all the way up into Georgia. You need to get out of the state immediately. And I remember I kind of told myself, well, I mean, guess what? <laughs> if a 150-foot tidal wave hits the coast of Florida and I'm down in South Florida where I'm going right now, guess what I get to have? I get to have a front-row seat to it coming in. How about that? There we go. Let's have fun with it if we're going to do it. And sure enough, guess what never happened? Meteor never hit. Never lost the state of Florida. Didn't have a 150-foot tidal wave. And so, again, I'm not saying to be flippant about stuff because there are serious threats, especially in, to your family and to your livelihood and to your business right now that are very serious. Take those seriously, and when you can do something about them, stand your ground and make a difference about them. That's what God has called us to do, not live in a spirit of fear. This is what America has to get back to, is stop living in a state of fear all the time, but a state of preparedness and of love and of sound mind, and getting ready for things as we know we're supposed to get ready for things, and as God has called us to do so. But don't sit around and panic all the time because, oh, there's next, some God said there's another meteor's going to hit. You hear it all the time. Fear sells. That's why they push it. That's why we don't pull that crap on this show. Excuse my metaphor. We don't do that. I tell you what's going on. I tell everybody as far as with food buckets. Dude, yeah, I personally think it's negligent not to have food in your house just because I've lived through so many hurricanes where there are no stores open and there is no power for weeks on end. And guess what? I like to eat. I'm very active. I'm outside all the time. I'm constantly working or in the gym. It takes a lot of food to keep me going. So my personal opinion is if you're active and you do stuff and you like to be able to have backup food and you like to make sure your kids' bellies are full, have some backup food. That's not living in fear. That's living in preparedness. The same thing with supplements. If you know you can fix a blood sugar issue, if you know that vitamin D is massively important to the immune system and that, you know, roughly 50 to 60 to 70% of people in the United States are deficient, as numerous studies have shown now, deficient in vitamin C, doesn't it seem prudent? And doesn't it seem like living prepared if you take vitamin D to keep your immune system strong, taking the nutrients that God gave us in this world to keep us healthy? That's always funny to me when people go, oh, well, if, you know, if I was supposed to take vitamins, you know, God would give them to me. Okay, God is giving to him. He's showing you how to take them. The context of saying, well, my grandparents in 1905 lived on a farm and they never took vitamins. They were super healthy and lived 90 years. 
1905, there was a compound that was not invented yet called glyphosate. There were additives that were not put in food. There were not genetically modified organisms that were being spread all over the entire continent. There were certain things called crop rotation that was actually used correctly. There were a whole lot of things different in 1905 than they were today when it comes to the food supply. So using that excuse doesn't bite the bullet anymore. Understand that we have to take care of our bodies and it's our jobs to represent the patriot community, the Christian community, and the constitutional community the best we can while we're doing this and staying as prepared as possible so we can help out not only ourselves and our family and our friends, but anybody we come in contact with if they're willing to have us help them. So again, I appreciate the support on all that. But yeah, I just had to touch base on that too, Dad, because I've, I've about had enough of hearing about meteors for the last 20 years that are going to wipe out every known element on the planet, and we're supposed to sit around and be stuff. like, oh my gosh, this is a revelation. We just need to sit at home and wait to die. I mean, it's, it's, it's asinine. Well, no, it is. And, you know, now, if you want to look at something real, look at what's happening over there in New Mexico right now. This article on, out of Daily Mail says millions of birds are dropping dead from the sky above New Mexico. and The wildfires across the West Coast could be to blame, the biology says. Well, I'm not saying that the wildfires haven't done some of this because of the smoke and birds are very susceptible to that. Let me tell you something, guys. When they crank up those heart machines and they crank up those doggone huge radar discs and domes, it throws microwave radiation throughout the atmosphere. And, you know, and if you ever get near a microwave oven, you know, and you see how quickly things get cooked inside of it, you can be, you know, be careful because some of those things leak. And, you know, and if you put like an egg inside of it, it explodes. I mean, you know, microwaves are horrible, horrible things when you get in front of them. They used to warn people on naval ships, don't get in front of the radar dome. Don't get in front of the radar scope because, you know, you can cook popcorn for, you can cook popcorn in front of the radar. See, and when you put this stuff into the air, you're going to kill a lot of birds, especially these high-powered units they have now. And this is what I, I – remember, I remember one day I was at the Disney World. I was walking around. All of a sudden, this pigeon just falls out of the sky and drops dead in front of me. I mean, died in the doggone air and fell to the ground. I thought, wow, that's just awful. See, this is one of the reasons that so many of these birds are dropping dead. See, they don't care about the wildlife on the planet. They don't care about the whales. They don't care about the birds. They don't care about the bees. They don't care about the fish. They don't care about anything. All they care about is their greed and their avarice. And so we need to understand that when these things happen, it's not because, you know, it got smoky in California, which it could be part of that. But then you got to ask yourself a question. you got all these communists now lighting fires and all these, quote, unquote, you know, riots in Portland have stopped now that the fires are there. So what's happened? Is it because all of the media has left Portland? They're no longer reporting on the riots, so the rioters don't see any reason to be out on the streets when they don't get a voice? You know, a lot of people don't want to be out there unless the media is picking up and promoting it. So we need to take a look at what's going on in the United States to understand that it's all being manipulated. It's so important to understand. That really is. By the way, on good news is doctors are preparing to implant the world's first human bionic eye that's going to use a chip in the brain. There we go again with the chips in the brain. But it's going to go into the visual cortex center and bypass the optic nerve. And they're saying now they could actually restore sight to many people. It's one of those good things they're going to be able to do. So I really like that kind of stuff on the news. And hopefully they'll be able to restore a lot of people's sight who can't see who have lost their vision. By the way, the Victorian government has gotten ridiculous. I also mentioned this earlier in the show. They're now basically wanting to lock everybody up. Jackie, one of our listeners out of Australia, 
was at this flea market the other day. I took a picture and sent it to me. And there's a group of riot control police, full military gear with full riot shields, walking through the flea market where people buy their fruits and vegetables because the Australians are so dangerous when they're buying fruits and vegetables at the flea market. And they're basically locking people up and throwing them on the ground and stunning them and everything else if they're not wearing masks. Unbelievable in Australia what they're doing. And Jeff Rents on Monday night when I was on a show said that the Victorian stuff they're doing is a beta test right now to basically figure out how to do this to the population so they can implement this strategy globally. Wow. Also, what do you think and what's your next story, bud? No, there's no doubt about it. There's the, the coincidence with the 5G rollout is aggressive as it has been during the beginning of this pandemic. Uh, or, excuse me, this pandemic. I told you guys that from the very beginning I started calling it out because I found it very odd with the FCC approving unanimously 5-0 to zero, that 5G towers could be put up with no recourse and no rebuttal from any county, city, state officials whatsoever, meaning 5G was going up whether you wanted to or not. You just basically had to say, thank you, can I have another? That's what they meant when the FCC did that a year and a half ago. And then all of a sudden COVID happens and you start seeing 5G microwave towers go up in vast quantity. Even myself here in Central Florida saw them going up at an unprecedented rate personally. And I got videos and emails all from over the entire country with people saying the exact same thing. Why is that? Why was it that we're in the middle of a pandemic, but all of a sudden it seems like the most prudent thing to do is put up 5G cell towers? Anybody else question that? No, I'm not saying that there's a direct reason behind it. I'm asking a question. Why? Understand there's always something going on behind the scenes. And when you start looking at the research of what 5G technology can do in the microwave energy platforms, they are very serious weapons when they want to be used as such. So, again, thank you for supporting healthmasters.com. Give us a call if you need anything whatsoever. We're always here to help you out the best we possibly can. Product of the week, the zinc glycinate, will be going up shortly. And we also have a short-term, very limited supply of the uh, magnesium brain food three-pack special. I've actually never done this before, but I just did it recently. A lot of people were asking about it. Instead of putting one can on sale, we did a three-pack special. As a lot of people have been trying to stack up on it and keep supplies of certain products, especially like that one. So, again, thank you for the support. Let us know if you need anything. Healthmasters.com. Have a blessed, safe, awesome night. Talk to you again tomorrow as always.